If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Colleen and I'm here with Jill, and we are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Hey, Jill, how are you doing today? Hi, Colleen. <laughs> You and I were both English teachers, so I'm wondering if maybe you knew about this um, particular technique um, before I did. I had really never heard of this type of discussion until, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Like, I was probably a principal before I understood what this was. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I can't well, wait to hear I about used this. To do, I used to do... Um, I used to do a lot of like certainly group discussions, small group discussions, f- you know, full group discussions, all kinds of things. But I had never understood what a fishbowl discussion was until I was actually at an event. It was actually a- adults, and there was a group of people that were demonstrating what you know a particular conversation was going to look like. And there were those of us that were sitting around the outside, and the moderator oh, called sure. it a fishbowl yeah. discussion. I'm like, well, oh, this is just fascinating. And then you know, I kind of caught on, and I love it. Well, that's funny. So I've used fishbowl discussions quite a bit in modeling how to do peer response. So when students need to give feedback to each other's Ah. papers and they don't know how to talk to each other about editing each other's Uh papers, this is a great scenario for a fishbowl. So if you want to implement any sort of protocol in your classroom, like this is how we talk to each other. We're only going to say, I notice and I wonder, or we're only going to use like if certain sentence starters, Mm -hmm. then you throw some of your top kids in the circle, Mm -hmm. the ones who can naturally do it, or you with another co-teacher, something that you've maybe practiced are going to model it. And it's like everybody is looking at you like you're the goldfish in the bowl. So you have everyone around you in a circle so they can listen and observe things. And then the great part about a fishbowl is that after the conversation, you get to say to all the audience, what did you see? What did, what did you hear? And then it's more like an art gallery of uh, performance art gallery. Mm, Interesting. So I had, I observed, um, 
a, a special ed teacher that was modeling for a group of Catholic school teachers who were just beginning to kind of put together protocols for students with disabilities in their schools. And she did kind of a, you know, a fishbowl modeling of a teacher assistance team. Like somebody, you know, needed to bring to the circle. We're going to talk about a particular student and then we're going to brainstorm ideas. But that, that was like a really, a great way for um, a professional development activity. So fishbowl was used that way. But okay. So the reason why we're talking about fishbowl, actually, this did come from a teacher. So let me give a shout out to Ashley Scholler, who's a junior high English teacher at St. Francis Xavier Catholic School in Phoenix, Arizona. And she recently invited me to her classroom to observe her teaching a lesson on To Kill a Mockingbird, which as you know, is probably one of my favorite books to teach. So I was super excited to be able to go and see somebody, you know, teach this book in a way that I had never done, you know, so super exciting. Sure. So I go to her classroom and she has uh, three classes of eighth graders that it's a big school. So she's got three groups of like 20, I don't know, like 27 kids in the room. So I went into one of the the classes and there were about 26 kids that day in class. And she has the room set up with a small discussion group in the middle. And then of course, you know, the surrounding desks all around. So the kids came in, they handed in a paper. So she had given me ahead of time. She's like, this is what they're going to be handing in. And she had five questions that they needed to prepare. So they all came in with something written and prepared and they were questions questions that, you know, they had to provide contextual evidence and they had to provide reasoning and all of that. So they all came in with something prepared. They just didn't know which question they were going to be fishbowling. Okay. So at one point, you know, all the kids, each student is called into the middle of the room and then they sit down in the seat and she says, okay, you are discussing question number three. Go, seven minutes on the clock. Oh, go. I get you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was really fascinating watching these kids were incredibly prepared, you know, very high level students. It was very impressive to, to watch them. But, um, but what I didn't see, so one piece of fish bowling, um, when she and I debriefed afterwards, I was like, okay, so th- like, it was totally awesome. And they were, they were incredible, you know, but, um, so what if we did it this way? Or have you ever tried this? And I just like had a bunch of questions for her about, because there are so many different ways you could do this. Right. So, um, I had asked her, so what, what about, because it is so there were so many moments during the course of all of those conversations where of course, like I wanted to tag in and be like, you can't because you're not in the fishbowl, but I've, you can't swim. You're not a fish. You have to sit outside and watch. You get to look in through the fishbowl. Yes. But um, but I have been in fishbowl conversations where you can tag in. So somebody wants to get out of the middle and they somebody tags in. So you tap somebody on the shoulder and then you get to sit in and you get to say your thing and then you step out and somebody else tags in. Have you seen it done that way or am I crazy? I haven't seen what? it that way. It reminds me of like break dancing. Like, it is not. Like, no, no, no. My turn. My turn. Let me, let me into what? the dance circle. <laughs> Not that I know how to break dance, but that's what I was thinking about. Like it was so like they're so into it. They need they need a turn. I love that. I was thinking actually I was thinking of a totally different scenario of um using fishbowls when you're trying to teach students or adults how to do a job interview. Yes. Like, because it's a skill set. Like you're trying to watch people do something that you don't know how to do yet. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm going to, you know, fishbowl a job interview so you guys can figure out how you would ask questions or answer questions in a job interview is what I'm thinking about. But I love the tag in, tag out because then you're not on the hook for too long. And as a teacher, then you can encourage certain kids to tag in because you want to see them thrive. Yeah. So I love that. So and and a, so going back to this conversation, and you know, there's some really like you can get controversial with some of those To Kill a Mockingbird conversations, right? So there were kids that That's were bringing up like they're yeah. bringing up, um, you know, current events, and you know, well, you know, what if, and well, this is what you know on page such and such, this is what happened, or this is what was said, and that reminded me of something that happened in the news, or something that somebody said, like which is super courageous, first of all. For a student to do to bring up current events when this is such a sensitive, um, such a sensitive topic and, and situation to talk about. But um, what I would what I, I would have loved to see um, would have been fact checkers. So when someone brings up, okay, so this is a current event. So the fact checker, so the teacher can motion to the fact checker. Okay, look that up. Make sure that's accurate because you want to be careful too that that the information is accurate. So you can have fact checkers that are checking if a student says on page, you know, uh, 100, it says blah, blah, such and such a character says this, a fact checker could be checking that, make sure the students are checking accurately. You can have a student on the internet that's, you know, fact checking the, um, uh, the current, current events references. So there's, could make it a very sophisticated, <laughs> very involved. Yeah. Um, so event. even the people in the, right. It's, that's great because now you're getting interaction from the observers, mm-hmm. which is great. So it, it's different goals here, right? Mm-hmm. So in my examples, it was about a, a skill set that you wanted to replicate in other people. Whereas yours is like, they're on stage, but you want an interactive audience yeah. to some degree, which is great. When you have a large class, this is a great way to do this. If you had, okay, this is, okay, this, this teacher is brilliant because yeah. if you had a large class, 30 kids and you're fishbowling, you have 25 kids who are not being very active because they have no reason to have yes. to pipe in. But in your conversations, Colleen, you're talking about adaptations where there are interacting even though the focus is on one conversation. Now, I think the goal, the goal would be like everyone's participating, but then if on a different day you wanted to have small group conversations at that same rate, so let's say there's four students in this conversation, that you have groups of four all over the room with as active participants, but the fishbowl allows them to see where that bar is, like where is excellent, like where is it the most engaging, and they're learning that skill from each other. So if they tag in and out enough, they get a little bit of practice, and then on a different day, it's not a fishbowl, it's everybody with as engaged enthusiasm on the subject area in these small groups because the teacher doesn't have to be in all. No. And, 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 and there's the bell. There's the bell. But I have to say, like, as she and I were debriefing, you know, I said to her, how did you not jump in? Like, it's so hard. Like you got to bite your finger and, and not jump in. And she said, it's so hard to not jump into those conversations sometimes, but she was, she was fantastic. So shout out to Ashley Scholler. Yeah, it was great. All right. So, um, that is the bell. Thanks again for the energy boost as we love exploring these ideas and affirming the efforts of the teachers out in the field. Keep your suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We will see you next time.